Hello, and welcome to Our Savior Lutheran Church Sermons. I'm Pastor Joshua Kurtenbach of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. Today is the last Sunday of the church year. Our gospel reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 13th chapter. Jesus said, In those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day or the hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey, when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or when the cock crows, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. This is the word of the Lord. Our sermon was recorded at our earlier divine service. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the Old Testament, many of the prophets spoke of the coming day of the Lord, also known as the great day or the great and terrible day of the Lord. It is often described as a day of great salvation and of great judgment. Some examples include our Old Testament reading this morning, where Isaiah says of the Lord, My righteousness draws near, my salvation has gone out, and my arms shall judge the peoples. Or from Isaiah 13, Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel, with wrath and fierce anger, to make the land a desolation, and to destroy its sinners from it. For the stars of the heavens and their constellations will not give their light. The sun will be dark at its rising, and the moon will not shed its light. I will punish the world for its evil, and the wicked for their iniquity. Or Isaiah 34. The Lord is enraged against all the nations, and furious against all their hosts. He has devoted them to destruction. He has given them over for slaughter. Their slain shall be cast out, and the stench of their corpses shall rise. The mountains shall flow with their blood. And Joel 2. For the day of the Lord is great and very awesome. Who can endure it? Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. These descriptions all fit our Lord's prophecy in our gospel lesson this morning, 
especially when he says that the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken and then they will see the son of man coming in clouds with great power and glory and then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the end of heaven and so what would you say dear brothers and sisters if I were to tell you that this day, this great and terrible day, has already begun. Because it's true. It began almost 2,000 years ago at Golgotha. For there we see the salvation of our Lord that he came to bring. We also see these signs first being fulfilled. For at the noon hour, while our Lord was on the cross, giving his life as an atonement for the sins of the world, there was darkness over the whole land until three o'clock. The sun did not give its light while its creator was dying for the sins of mankind. There the powers of the heavens were shaken, for what angel or even what demon could look at what was happening? It was such an awe-inspiring sight to behold. But this also happened in a very tangible way when the temple curtain, which was embroidered with stars and planets and angelic figures, was torn from top to bottom at Jesus' death. On the cross, Jesus was in his glory. For in the Old Testament, when it speaks of glory, it speaks of declaring God's saving acts. And the death of Jesus for the sins of mankind on the cross, while suspended between heaven and earth, is God's ultimate saving act. Finally, beginning at this time, but seen most clearly at Pentecost, the Lord begins to gather his elect from the four corners of the world to himself. Yes, brothers and sisters, the day of the Lord has begun. It has begun with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God and Son of Man. For in his death and resurrection, he has begun to fulfill the saving aspects of the day of the Lord. In his ministry, he began to fulfill what the prophets spoke of happening on that day, including making the blind see, causing the lame to walk, making the deaf hear, raising the dead and proclaiming the coming of God's kingdom. When John the Baptist, the last prophet of the Old Testament, was preaching of Jesus, he said that he was both the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, as well as the judge who comes with a winnowing fork in his hand, and that he will clean his threshing floor, and that already the axe is laid to the root of the tree. John proclaimed that the day was coming very soon, and he was right. In the death and life of Jesus, he fulfilled the saving aspects of that day. He dealt with sin. He dealt with the hostility between God and man. He atoned for sins so that all who have faith in him are forgiven their sins for his sake. But what of the other aspects of that day? What of the judgment? These are put off. They will come, but not yet. We are in that day. And it is a day of grace. It is happening now. It is happening today. Today is, as St. Paul calls it, the day of salvation. 
For God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He is long-suffering. He is not slow to fulfill his promises, just because Jesus did not immediately begin to judge the earth after his resurrection. As St. Peter says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness, but he is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Yes, the day of the Lord has come. It is here, and it is a time of grace. For God does not wish that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance and live. It is a time of grace, so that by the means of the preached word and the administration of the sacraments, God may continue to gather his elect from the four corners of the earth, so that in this time he may have mercy on as many as possible. The delay of Christ coming in open judgment is so that grace may abound more and more, and so that more people, by God's grace, may come to repent of their sins and believe in Jesus Christ, and thus participate in his promise of salvation. Yes, all who believe in Jesus participate in this day. St. Paul calls Christians the ones on whom the end of the ages has come. Not all understand this. Not all yet know that now is the end of the age, and that the end of the age has been present since the death and resurrection of Christ. Only those who have faith are made wise to salvation in Christ Jesus, and thus participate in the day as a day of salvation. And so, how are we to live? How are we, on whom the, age, the end of the ages has come, to live. We're to live lives of repentance, to daily die to sin and rise to God. For we who have faith, we who have been baptized into Christ Jesus, have been baptized into his death. By the work of the Holy Spirit within us, we ought to daily drown our sinful nature by repentance, by turning away from sin and turning to Christ. We're to recognize our sorry state because of our sinful nature and our own sins, and to repent of them and cling to Christ by faith. We cannot assume that we have time to repent, that there will always be time later. For we don't know the day or the hour. We do not know when the Lord will return or when he will call us to his side. For concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Now, we must be clear about this saying from our Lord. It's easy to get it twisted. As the Son of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity, he knew the day and the hour. For as God, he fully shares in the divine nature of the Father, and that includes omniscience, and seeing the future. But according to his humanity, he does not know, because it is not the property of humans to be all-knowing. And so Jesus did know, because he is the incarnate Son of God, God and man in one person, but he knew this according to his divinity, not according to his humanity. 
And so following his example, we should accept our limits as human creatures and not try to pin down a date. We should not look to any teachers that do this but ignore them for trying to look into the hidden things of God. Instead of trying to find the day, we should instead always be ready by repentance and faith. Jesus said, be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know the time when the master will come. What I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. We should always be ready for the culmination of the day, for the time when he comes again openly in glory. Always be ready by repentant faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who promises the crown of life to those who believe to the end. And as end times people, we live in Christ and with a confident hope in him, knowing that he will fulfill all his promises to save us, trusting that he will raise us up again on the last day and bring us with him into his kingdom, which will have no end. For we already, by virtue of our faith in him, live in that kingdom. As so, to strengthen our hope and faith in him, we aim to be where he promises to be. We receive from him those things which strengthen our faith. We hear his word, where the spirit is active in beginning and building faith. We gather together for the mutual consolation of the brethren and to read and hear how our Lord has kept his promises and continues to do so. We come to him when we stumble and trust that he forgives our sins for his sake. We come to his table that we may partake and foretaste of the feast to come where he gives us his own body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins and the strengthening of our faith in him who keeps his promises and who is able to keep us until the last day. As end times people, we live in our vocations in the three estates of church, family, and country. In each one, we serve as we have been called by God, doing those good works which he has called us to do. For we have been saved by grace through faith without works, in order that as his workmanship, we may walk in the works that he has prepared for us. These are different according to our stations in life, but they all include loving our neighbor and serving them. They all include sharing this good news of salvation with friends and families and neighbors so that they too may repent and come to faith in this time of grace. For the time of grace will not last forever, but it will come to an end. There will be a day when the long last day comes to an end and all that was prophesied will come to fulfillment. At that time, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken and then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory and then he will send out his angels to gather his elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. At that time, those that are still in their sin, because they have rejected the Savior who died for them, will be destroyed. At that time, when grace has ended, the wicked will be slain, 
and all will know that the Lord is God, and that Jesus is his Christ, the Son of God in flesh. Yet, for we who are in Christ, who have faith in him, who have been forgiven by his grace, who have been justified by faith, and sanctified by the working of the Holy Spirit, it will be a day of great joy and consolation. At that time, we will have no trace of sin remaining in our bodies. We will be changed to be like him, so that we will be free of original sin and be perfectly holy. Those who do not believe, however, will remain in their sin forever. We who believe, and remained in Christ with repentant faith will enter into the eternal bliss and joy of the presence of God. Those who did not repent, who lived wantonly, and who relied on their works instead of trusting in Christ, will enter into the flames of hell to face the punishments prepared for Satan and his angels. But for us it is a time of joy, a time when all God's promises are fully fulfilled in full, when we shall see our Savior face to face with our own eyes and shall be gathered together with all the elect from the four winds of the earth in joy. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority, before all time, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.